a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Hi, everybody. Hello. Um, just like to start by saying, um, you know, we talked at the beginning of the year, press conference similar to this, about that we thought that this, this season would be a journey, a season of kind of discovery. And uh, me personally, I couldn't be more pleased with how the season uh, turned out. And it's a credit to Will and his staff of establishing – you know, the culture of how we wanted to play, the competitiveness. Um, the team was scrappy, connected, and we got to find out a lot of different things about our players, um, things that we really needed to know as we continue to try to open up a championship window. And um, just a ton of credit to Will and the players for being able to stay connected through a season. The ups and downs of an NBA season are are always tough. And... Um, just really, really pleased with it. Questions? When you guys look at the offseason, I guess, I guess the question that I have is how much of the – do you know what the, you guys want the roster to look like in this championship form? And what are the steps that need to be taken uh, this offseason to get closer to that? I mean – Look, it's it's a process. I don't. We're not going to put a timeline on it. What's what's next is the very next thing is always the most important thing. Um, and what's next now is is this off season. Um, the knowledge that we have about the players that are on our roster, the flexibility we were able to create uh, for now and going forward, um, along with all of the ability to go and target different things, and that can take form in many different ways. Um, we obviously we've, we've been studying this draft this year and even in previous years being prepared for this so we're excited to get started on that um, I would I would say Tony like the most important part is to continue to try to make really good decisions and uh, when the opportunities that are presented to us that we do the things that continue to move us forward 
Kirby's interview. Um, how would you characterize this draft? I mean, there's always good players in the draft. Um, we obviously have multiple picks this year. So it'll be an exciting time. We'll be able to get quite a few people in and, and the combine uh, with interviews and watching them and then having you know workouts like it's I'm excited to get to know these guys and then see which ones can fit our our culture and fit you know our timeline going forward Justin in terms of what you learned did, did it exceed your expectations is it right where you thought it might be um, did you learn about you talked about building for the future did you come up with any picture about your base yeah, I mean, you guys, you guys have been with us the entire season and have seen as much as I have. Um, Lowry's growth, uh, turning into a very good starter to an all-star starter. Um, hopefully, uh, the most improved player would be a great accolade for him. Um, what he's done this year, I think he's he's shown that he's a player that easily fits with a lot of different combinations. Um, because of his versatile skill set, uh, the young the young rookies in Ochai and Walker, you know, Will did an unbelievable job of each of them having their own development curve and using them appropriately. And and but credit to those guys for responding. So I think you you see those guys and their progress. They still have a long way to go, but they're promising. And then you know the opportunity that we got especially the last half of the season to see some of the guys when we, we gave Will an unbalanced roster at the beginning of the year. And there were guys that probably deserved to play, but just from a roster standpoint wasn't going to happen. And that was, you know, us freeing up some of those minutes after the trade deadline allowed us to get a really good look at Talon and Colin and, um, and all the other guys so that we have a good picture of some – of some good pieces here that we can build around and, and take forward. What would you guys want to see out of Luca and Chris uh, for them to have staying power with the team? And then, look, when you when you you're at the end of the roster and you're looking for people that can that deserve an opportunity, both of those guys played really well in the G League. Um, we followed them all year, and Danny Danny said this a lot too is. We have a, a really a fairly young team, and especially with Chris, it doesn't mean that you have to just go bring in a bunch of another 21, 22-year-olds at the end of the roster. There's, you know, players that have had journeys that, especially with Chris, um, being a, a former top pick, having injuries, uh, having to remake his game, um, proving it in a in a fairly decent sample size in the G League this year, and then coming in and immediately contributing, which you know, given our needs with our injuries and other things, he got an opportunity to play that a lot of other 10 days probably don't get that opportunity, but he did and then really seized that opportunity. So I think Chris's, you know, defensive mindset, um, his ability to have experience in the NBA that can relate to some, and teach some of our younger players um, of how to prepare because he's had to learn the hard way himself, I think can be really beneficial. Obviously with all the flexibility we have and, and the draft picks and all that, you know, there could be a lot of change this summer. But both him and Luca are going to have opportunities. You know, they, they both added something to our group that we were pleased with. How are you?
Jordan has, and I can take this with the rest of the guys too that, that have these options. You know, there's a few players on our roster that have player options, and so that's going to be between you know the player and the, their agent to make that decision, and then we'll deal with that accordingly. If he's a free agent, then obviously we love Jordan, and and um, he's contributed so much to this year and and during his entire tenure here so but being a free agent he has a chance to if he is a free agent then he has a chance to go look at other places and look at the market and you know hopefully we'll be one of them as well with or without Jordan Agate you guys do have a good amount of cap space this offseason how do you approach uh, kind of the various different possibilities that you guys you know you look at the trade to sign somebody you know kind of what, what are your thoughts on yeah I mean it's it's Andy it's a little bit like what I said right after the trade deadline is the optionality that we've created with the roster, just the possibilities are, are endless. So those will all come up as the season finishes and what other teams are trying to do, whether it's a, a trade market or free agent market, well, we've been studying and uh, ready for any of those opportunities that come up. And there's just multiple ways for us to continue to move forward with this team and continue to try to open that championship window. And this is just one step of it this offseason. You address those player options. You have a team option on Kelly. Has there been a decision made yet about his return? Kelly was great for us. Um, I think you saw how how much his ability to be a playmaker and connect the rest of the group. Um, I think he did a great job this year. Uh, I would anticipate that we would be having him back. Um, obviously, we'll we'll go through the off season like we always do. I, you know, as Will said in his his press conference like this is the kind of the time to decompress and take a little bit of a break we have some time to make those decisions but um i was really happy with kelly's contributions and he's fit in fit in great here i'm dave Colley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast cold don't miss cold's new season three where i look into the unsolved disappearance of sheree warren a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Yeah, this is going to be fun. Yeah, A lot more draft picks, more money to spend. Yeah, shopping spree, sure. Yeah, this will be more fun. Much more fun than last year, no doubt. What does the draft process look, look like for you from end of season to the draft? Um, a lot of draft workouts. Yeah, I mean, with the with the ability to get more people in with multiple picks, um, you know, bring people in that we're looking at for the 28th pick, that we can tell them that we're looking at them for the ninth pick. <laughs> just kidding all you agents listening out there <laughs> but um yeah no we'll have we'll have a lot of draft workouts and i think the draft you know getting to see them um up close and personal and get to meet them and um i think it's it's big in the draft process how much stock do you put in the combine um some yeah we're all beat we'll have 10 of us or more yeah. there anyway yeah so there's but the evaluation, we'll spend a lot more time watching them together collectively with groups and evaluating them, and we'll have a lot of time in the combine and in draft workouts to get to know them and 
up close and personal. As the college game seems to get more stagnant, with less <coughs> space on the floor, and more contrasting to the NBA game, are these draft workouts and combines more important than they've ever been? Yes, the game is different. I mean, it's like the more turning more like the European game, the college game. Yeah, it is. The spacing is not good, and you know, quite honestly, I think that the defenses are are good, are just better than the offense. You know, like when you, there's really special offensive players, they stand out. Um, but, yeah, the defenses are a little better than the, than the offensive players in the college game right now. Some of it because of the spacing you're talking about. Sorry, Ryan kind of asked you about the draft in general, and I'm curious kind of how you look at the players kind of in that number nine draft frame and shift you guys were to end up with that pick. How do you evaluate some of those players and, I'm not sure I got your question. Is Evaluate what the guys that we're looking at yeah, at nine. In particular, kind of, what do you think about their relative promise um, as, as draft prospects? Well, team? you're a little further along than I am on that, pro- uh, you know, narrowing that down. So we're t- we'll narrow it down, and then we'll evaluate which ones that can help us the most, I think. When you watch the playoffs, what do you watch? You know, I mean, I, like I, I've been at this so long, David. Like I'm, I'm just all about the playoffs. Like I only see playoff basketball. Uh, I don't really get that excited about regular season basketball as far as you know, looking at a team. I, I only look at it from the weaknesses and how we need to get better to win in the playoffs. I don't really look at it as uh, – But the, so the playoffs are fun. That's where you get to evaluate. That's where, uh, like uh, Will said about the evaluation from game to game and in-game adjustments, um, I think that's what's really fun and exciting about playoff basketball. And, you know, it takes away some great strengths are taken away in playoffs and some teams. You're playing against the best teams. You're playing against, well, most of the time players are healthy. Um, you're seeing the best that the other team has to offer um, and a lot of preparation, obviously. So it's just hard to hide weaknesses when you get to the playoffs. And uh, those weaknesses are exposed. And, um, I mean, that's why great players typically win. In the playoffs. What weaknesses did you identify with this team that need improvement? Oh, like a lot of them. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, Eric. Um, you know, we we weren't a very good shooting team at the end of the year. We need to get better. We had a lot of injuries that contributed to some of that. But um, like Will said in his press conference, defense, we need to get better defensively. And... Um, I mean, I think those are the two focus. I mean, I, I have a list of seven things, but Will would only l- let me have two. So um, we'll say defense and shooting right now. <laughs> what are seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven? No, yeah, yeah. Those are way, way down the list. Yeah. How do you evaluate the last 20 games you played this year, considering the fact that sometimes you played against full rosters, sometimes you didn't? A game yields 110 points every night, seemingly no matter. How do you evaluate the numbers and the performance in the final? I think, I think that that was a um, situation that happened all year, not just the last 20 games. I mean, I think in, in about 15 or 20 of our first wins, we, the teams we were playing against didn't have their first or second best player on the roster. And I think that um, – so it's been tough for everybody all year. I think it's been a really, really interesting year with so many players missing games this year more than ever before that I remember. Um, so that is a little bit tougher to evaluate your team when you're not playing against the best. Um, but like I said, that, that was league wide. 
hopefully that will be corrected next year. We'll have a lot more players healthy through the regular season. Um, but it is hard to evaluate. But it, I don't think it's hard to evaluate individuals. Sometimes it's hard to evaluate uh, how good your team is and how you're performing as a team. But I think that, um, you know, throughout this year, we saw a lot of really great individual seasons for us. And um, Jordan and Colin and, and uh, Lowry, of course, and um, Walker. Um, but even late in the year, we saw, you know, what Chris Dunn did was real. Like it's not, I mean, you could see he's an NBA player for sure uh, and can contribute at this level. Um, so we saw Talon have some spectacular games late in the year. And we saw Tech, who, you know, is coming over as a, a veteran pro, but like it's a completely new environment, new world. And he struggled with some inconsistent minutes early in the year. And as he, as he played more and more through the year, you could see that he was adjusting and, you know, he's, he can make shots. And, uh, like, uh, you know, Kelly had a good year. But, I mean, we'd see all the different individual opportunities that guys had and in, in, in where they stack up. And I thought, that, uh, I thought that Will did a great job of keeping those guys ready. Uh, the attitude of the players was fantastic. And just uh, staying ready and being professional, we didn't really have any uh, too much pouting and whining going on. Uh, guys that weren't playing didn't have too many agents calling and saying, "Why is my guy not playing?" And um, so, from that standpoint, it was a refreshing year just to have so many quality people in there. But, but again, I th- I don't think you can emphasize enough how good a job Will did in managing that. And um, I thought, you know, there's a lot of credit that Lowry Markinen had this year, and I think his jump was immense. But I think that uh, I think Will did a good job of finding ways to get him baskets on the move. You know, not just pick and roll, switch, throw it to him 15 feet, play one-on-one and score, but got him a lot of easy baskets on cuts, moving without the ball, um, multiple side-to-side actions to get to get Lowry some opportunities for shots. And obviously, you guys are pleased with Will, so I don't want to ask like how you think he did, but maybe. Silver rated. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Um, what was what was maybe unique about him uh, compared to other coaches that you've been on? Go ahead. I just you know it really started even during the interview process. You know, Will stood out as and he's lived up to it because he he's got a great sense of himself about what what the job means and what it is to be part of something that's bigger than yourself with a team. And so I think just that attitude all through the year was very, very consistent because that's who he is. Um, he's been a great partner, um, and that means a lot of different things. Not only a great partner with Danny and I, but a great partner with health performance, a great partner with the players, um, truly invested, and with his assistant coaches, have just truly invested in – helping everyone get better. Um, the job, I, you know, I've always said in coaching, it's, it's something I've never, ever wanted to do. You know, Danny's done it, Will's done it, but I think it's a calling. I think it's something to, that you really have to give of yourself to a team that many days, that many times speaking to you guys, that many times in travel, being away from your family, and not only the love of basketball, but the love of you know, being part of a team and leading it and being a leader of, of, you know, young men. And Will was, an un, you know, just did an unbelievable job. 
just because he that's who he is. Um, we just want – he'll be around. You know, he's not going to be running the draft process because we want him sitting where we're sitting and just see, you know, with his own eyes. But we'll we'll seek his input. It'll be an important part of the input that we have. I, I like in the combine, too, that we get an opportunity to – and when guys come in for workouts, the interviews where you really get a chance to, like, spend some time with these players and coach being involved with that will be – will give him a nice feel, at least in the personalities, how to coach him. If we selected them, like that's an important part. I, I will say that it, it's dangerous, though. Um, you know, coming in in one workout or one interview, you know. But I think that his input will be important. But like, it can't outweigh what Chuck has done. You know, traveling all over the world and following these guys from the time they're 17 years old, and um, so we'll have a lot of guys that have put a lot of time into the work. But Will's input will be important. The progress that guys like Bowery made and Walker made, and how maybe they were kind of more than what was originally anticipated. Did that accelerate the timeline at all? Go ahead. <laughs> Thanks, Danny. Um, I have something I probably wasn't going to say. <laughs> I think that uh, look again. It was it was a season of discovery to figure out where they are. So obviously pleasantly surprised you know most rookies are terrible and so it's it's a relative bar like walker was was good ochai was good it gave us a, something that we knew that we can kind of take forward and build but you know to to slap a label on like oh this is accelerated it by x years or things like that it's just we just have more knowledge about what our team is this year and that's a credit to will and the staff and the players for us to go into this off season and kind of know what we have and what we're working with. I would just, I would, I would just add with, to that, that, you know, Walker had a good year, but Walker was surrounded by good players. Like he only had to do what he did. He wasn't asked to do a whole lot more. He's got a long way to go in his development. Um, but we had, he didn't have to score that much because he had Jordan and Colin and Kelly and Lowry all around him. And, um, and so, like, he's got his, his career to get better. He has to do a lot to, to improve. Um, but he was able to come in and do what he did well. And I think that's impressive. But I'm not sure that that all of a sudden makes us a, a great team. Um, you know, the development from here on out with Lowry and with Colin and with Walker and Ochai, like, there's nothing guaranteed about them getting a lot better. Um, you know, that they have to put in the work to do that. Is there any, uh, you know, desire to take advantage of the fact that you have Lowry and Walker and a number of other players on kind of below market value contracts, um, you know, essentially having more room to spend on the rest of your salary budget or other players than you might otherwise would have? I mean, it just adds to, you know, the flexibility that we have in this pocket, I think, we're always trying to make really good decisions, Andy. So if those opportunities come up and it fits in that timeline, great. But to go push it and like use it that it's not a value or like you're overpaying just because you want to squeeze something into a window, like we're not going to be, you know, pushed by a timeline. Like, oh, we have to be X by this time of by this this year or the next year. It's just a continuous you know, timeline of just trying to make really good decisions. So 
obviously you've highlighted some of the you know salary flexibility that we have and you know we know that we have it and other teams do too and we'll see if we can you know make some of those opportunities work this summer what's the balance for you guys you know, striking between you know we got three picks in the draft we have you know salary flexibility we're going to have roster flexibility you know so what's what's the balance for both of you guys as long as the rest of the front office and 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 trying to to strike a healthy healthy balance and, Danny, is this is this the time when you tell Tony that we're looking for good players? Yeah. No matter what. Fair contracts, good players. Yeah. It's beneficial. It's helpful. However, they show up. The, the nice thing is that we have the ability to operate on all of those fronts. We're not constrained as we have been in the past of not being able to participate in those opportunities. You guys aren't the only ones asking us when we're going to be good how good we're going to be this year. We get asked that question by Ryan all the time, too. <laughs> True. He's anxious to spend his money. We're anxious to spend it. Yeah, too. we'll do it. <laughs> we'll do it. We'll do it. it sounds like you guys are sort of deliberately tempering expectations. Does that feel right? I just think it's realistic. Like, it's, there's, it's not like there's ten different opportunities. You know, there may be one game-changing player that comes available this summer that we but anytime there will be a game-changing player involved this summer we're in the game we're in the conversation but yeah those just don't happen I've been at this long enough Sarah enough to know that it's just you have to temper it because you can't panic and you can't rush into bad decisions I think it's an expectation of timeline that we're not going to get into because it depends on the market Depends on the quality of the draft. Depends on lots of decisions. I do know that, you know, we've got a really good coach. We've got some good players. We've got a base to build on because we know we've known a, we've just learned a ton about this season. So it's it's a nice place. To, I'm just really happy over the last nine months of what we've got we've gotten to learn about our team. The last two lead drafts have been generally reviewed as lukewarm prior to the drafts, and then the amount of players that have actually contributed and. Had an impact seems to be deeper than it had been in years past. Is there anything trend-wise going on there? I mean, when you have, even with the one-and-done era, then you've got 18 or 19-year-olds. I mean, we can all go in the around the room of thinking about what we were going to be at 19 versus what we were. So when you have young players that grow, develop, work, no matter where they start in the draft, there's always going to be good players in the draft, all through it. Good players that end up being undrafted, good, good players that end up needing a few years. Some of them start really fast early and then, you know, drop off. So it's just trying to get to know these guys as much as we can, and then you're, you're projecting human performance at 18 or 19, 20 years old. So they're all going to move in different timelines. So. I'm not that superstitious, honestly. <laughs> We're still talking with Ryan about that. Yeah. We'll take cash if anybody <laughs> wants to go. <laughs> not too much. <laughs> okay, thank you. Thanks, guys. A gun in the face. 
Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.